All right, here we are at actually episode 69 of Civil Tension, and we have a nice little group today, so we won't have, well, we never really have talking over it. It's a little, it's, it, but uh, yeah, for, seven, for Civil Tension, yeah, it's a little group. We got five of us here. Um, we had thought about talking about pointing at evil but, and being brave and not having the fear, you know, getting over the fear of pointing out bad things and calling attention to them. And as I often do, uh, I had the pleasure of talking to John this week. He, he psychically knew that there was a ginger crying in the universe because he hadn't heard John's voice uh, since last week, Friday. So he gave me a call yesterday. Absolutely. And, uh, but you know, to, to that, we also should be able to point out uh, things that are of virtue and good and say, you know what, yeah, this is a bad thing. How about this good thing or good behavior in its place? Or that's a good thing. Let's acknowledge that and applaud that. And in thinking about that even more and more, we keep coming back to this whole, you know, what is good, what is bad, the evil stuff that's going on, but it's been so in our face lately. The, the um, what the heck was it, the bar uh, hearing that, you know, he graciously, he volunteered, he appeared on a voluntary basis uh, to people that just lambasted him for doing his job and staying within legal parameters. And, uh, you know, people who are just of, of incredibly ill repute and ill intent, uh, you know, it's insane. But we see these things in our face over and over and over again. And being brave enough to get past the fear of pointing that out and saying enough is enough. Uh, and it seems like everything boils down to either everything is based, there, there are two things that our existence are based on, and that is fear and love. It's difficult to call things love because so many of us equate love with a romantic uh, tie. Uh, you know, it, it implies romance. And that is not necessarily the case because without love you cannot have joy, you cannot have happiness, you cannot have serenity, you cannot have peace, you cannot have uh, benevolence. You know, without love, you can, none of those other things exist. We don't have, I think, a word all-encompassing better than love to define that. That makes people go, ugh. Um, you know, Dan just rolled his eyes a bit as I was listening through those. Maybe he does not agree. Uh, but that's the good thing about this. Um, fear is fear. It is what it is. You're so, using love as though it were some type of object or a physical thing. No, I, that's, that's what I think most people... The way you were just describing it, I believe that's kind of how you were presenting it. If you didn't mean it... No, that, cool. that, okay, good. Because that's not actually what I meant. What I believe is most people associate the idea of love with a, a physical interaction. Or as, or as, or as, a, as the Hindus do, they consider uh, just action as a metaphysical element. In other words, it's actually, a, it's actually a quantity of it. And it's an interesting argument, but when you talk banter around aspects of fear versus love, they're not, they're not antithesis, it's not an antithesis relationship. It's not a zero-sum game. If you, if you don't have any love, is there fear present? You know, any fears are, is love not present? Or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Well, and that's actually very good because some people 
can say, I am completely at peace and, and, and am experiencing a great deal of serenity. But if you poke that thing that is lying deep, deep underneath that. that what are you saying? Because you're using a lot of heuristic phrases. Peace and serenity, what is that? You know, because, I mean, if we were to talk about this aspect, like I saw the bar, or at least I saw like five and a half minutes of it before, like, this is like the craziest thing I ever saw. Is that does that five and a half minute mark? Is that when the puke bucket got full? Yeah, I think that was it. That was about <laughs> my, my mind tapped out at three and a half. Uh, <laughs> and then I wanted to dry it because I couldn't take it. it, was, it was a smaller a bucket. bucket. Yeah. <laughs> but it, what was interesting about it was the uh, kind of like what you're doing here. You're, you have an objective, but you're using heuristics to come at that objective, and these heuristics are undefined. And so when our, our gentleman bar is being cross examined or being. Um, yeah, the interrogatory that was going on. They talked in aspects of, of heuristics. They never really defined what they well, wanted to do. Well, and that's what I'm that's what I'm searching for mm -hmm. in this is to say, you know, outside of these heuristics, can and we've talked about this a little bit before, but in pointing out things that we perceive as evil, wrong, bad, and and not being afraid to put the finger on it and say that. That's bad. We got to get rid of it. What you're saying, but, bad and good, is generalities, and there is no such thing. And one of the things that we've covered in these podcasts for quite a while is an argument that I've been trying to make: is that you cannot apply words of good and bad unless you are directing it to a specific aspect. Right. So we can say it's good for the country, bad for the country; good for the individual, bad for the individual; good for my house, bad for my house; good for my cat, bad for my cat. Right. So but you, you, have to you be, cannot say that there's such a generality as the word good, because even in the Bible, none is good. It, it, it's very clear about this. And what, what's Christ's point? What is he trying to say? Good for what? And what do you possess? And that's, you're, you're saying this much better than I am. Okay. Because that's where I want to get with this, okay. is I want to be able to identify that which is perceived as... You used the wrong cologne. I did. Okay, go <laughs> jump in on this because I'm not. Oh, John, rating I'm, just, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell you're trying to say. <laughs> Me too. Well, you want to try to land the plane a little bit? You want to do a touch and go? I do. Trying to talk about the. Okay. So you want to? So okay. So okay. let's try to drill this down. Are you trying to talk about the fact that Senator from Hawaii yesterday? In talking to Attorney General Barr, who was acting within his right as one volunteering to go to uh, the committee, um, therefore he's not compelled in any way, and he therefore gets to determine what the rules of engagement are in his conversation and his testimony. Are you trying to drill down to the issue that the senator from Hawaii said, look, even though basically, I'm paraphrasing, even though we there wasn't a crime committed, we still know that something wrong happened here and that we shouldn't move on because there, you know, but basically there's nothing to see here is what she was characterizing him as. It's like, yes, that's exactly right. If there is law and if the law was not broken, then there's nothing to see here. You need to move on. But her contention was that it doesn't matter if it was legal or illegal, we think there's something wrong, in quotes, that happened here. Therefore, we should persecute, prosecute, impeach what 
have you, take what the next legal step of remedy and ramification happens to be, even though a law wasn't broken. That is the thing that she was saying. And within the context, if I can help with this, the context of a constitutional republic, democratically elected compound constitutional republic, per Hillsdale, that is not good. That's bad. Now, bingo. Okay, now, bingo. now, if you are a tin horn dictator in a South American country, or you're a tyrant on the African continent, or you're Russia, pick your right, you can get away with that crap all day long. But that isn't what defines who it is we are. Now, if we want right. to lose this idea of protection under the law, for the common citizen, I mean, let's look at it this way. Look, if they can do this, if they can do this to Attorney General Barr, and they can do this to Donald Trump, President Trump, regardless of whether you voted for him or not, the office is the office. He is the president. Yeah. Obama, I did not vote for him once, let alone twice. And guess what? He was still my president because that's the way our Constitution is set up. That's the, that's the law and order of it. If they can do this to him, what do you think they can do that? Do you think they won't do it to anyone else? They'll do it to everyone else. Right. And I think there, that's where you're trying to get to. Is that, am I close? You, spot on. That's okay. why I touched the end of my that's nose. You, there. And you open with that? Right. I mean, <laughs> how, right? I mean, that's like. And here I'm trailing off into metaphysics and here I, I, I was just waiting. I'm just sitting here waiting. My son, wait a second. This is not what Pete and I talked about yesterday. Pretty soon, pretty soon, Dan's going to say something like metaphysical relationships between two unknown quantities that have an existential reality. He's going to say something like that. I mean, but like, yeah, I'm still on heretetics trying to figure out what the heck that is. But that's only for related quantum physical. Thank you. Thank you for helping me focus without coming out of his nose. I know what's going on up here. It's not connecting with this. Yeah, what he just said is far from what you opened with. Yeah. I'm just patiently sitting over here. When you throw a word out, you don't define what it is. I'm like, wait a minute, you gotta stop. You have to define what you mean by that. You know, and it's all around what you're saying. Right. So I mean, because that's the because that's the evil. That's right. And the conversation that we had was that. If we can define that as evil, we can also, therefore, as the loyal opposition constitutionalists, must be able to define what is there for the virtue. Mm. And that is you don't do that. That you right. do say, look, is there a crime? To, again, I give him props, to Andrew Wilkow's point yesterday, he said, look, if there was a crime committed, a high crime, treason, misdemeanor, what have you, if there was a crime committed, the Congress does not have the constitutional option. They must impeach. They don't have a constitutional option to say, well, it's not politically expedient, or we just don't want to drag the country through the mud, or we don't want to do this. No, no, this is not an option. the way it happened with Clinton. Right. Yeah. You, must, you must impeach. And he says, so look, if, there's some, if he broke the law, either the attorney general or the president, if they broke the law, impeach them or shut up and move on. But that isn't the objective. The objective is to keep this can kicking down the road until a 2020 election. To tap it, yeah. Yes, right. that's what it, it is. is. That's exactly yeah, what it is. And so what we see here is a, as a politicalization and a weaponization of our congressional and constitutional processes by either ignoring the ones we want to ignore, which is evil, mm -hmm. in a constitutional republic, or doing the things that are not constitutional because it's politically expedient, which is, again, 
unconstitutional. Those things are evil. I think that now, if you don't want a constitutional republic, then you want this to just be the rule of man, and you don't want to be a nation of laws. Well, shoot, this is awesome. This is the best thing since sliced bread, which I'm pretty fond of. And I think that's the point. In 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 the in a, and if I hear you correctly, and I believe I do, what you're saying is that when the when the uh, the people that recognize that we're a nation of laws, and they sit back and they say, "Oh, it's just politics as usual," we're allowing this evil, which is the evil meaning very bad for our system. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we're allowing this to continue. So literally, we are right. condoning it by not saying anything against Correct. it. Now, Dan, why does it matter if it's bad for our system? Uh, because the system it is, is dependent upon all of its functioning parts for it to continue. Why does that matter? Why is that important? Uh, because if one system, one part of the system breaks down, the entire thing will break down. And why does that matter? I'm going to keep pushing you. Because we'll lose our liberties in the end. It's where you're going with it. And Thank you. Exactly. It, it, comes back, it comes back to the individual and how it Correct. is they live their lives before who would they do or do not call creator God. Boom. That's it. As endowed by him. Boom, that's it. Well, the reason why they call it inalienable is because it's not from us. It's not from the government. It's granted. Mm -hmm. And it's granted, well, you could say it's granted by God or it's granted by the voters, but we can say that the idea of it is, is it's a right. And if they're not using that right correctly, they need to be called out for it. And if the people can't understand why this is an issue, instead of just, oh, it's just politics as usual, because that's one of the things that's going on right now. I hear too many of the, of the young kids that I talk to about this, they say, well, it's just politics as usual. And like, well, what does that mean? Does that I mean, mean they don't that, care. It, well, maybe they don't they do know care, enough maybe, to care. Well, sometimes no, it's also possible, but it could be the fact that it is too ridiculous to step into. So why am I going to step into it? It's not that important. I think that's the problem. Is that is is that? And I'm asking these young kids. In fact, I was just at a dinner with uh, my my uh, my nieces. And one of them's in political science in high school right now, which has shocked me that they're still doing that. But, uh, <laughs> but I, we had talked to her about this very thing, and, and so you know she was book learned, but not real keen on how it applies. And so when we were talking about the this tension that's going on between the two party system, she recognized that the two party system is essential. Why not three? Why not five? Because it'll always winnow itself down to still two. You still have, you still have one side in its opposition, mm-hmm. its antithesis. Right. And so, the, and so she gets that, but she says that, that you know it, it's got crazy because you know this part nothing gets done because they're always fighting with each other, and so all that noise of them fighting has got her to the platform. Well, you know, but who cares? It's just going to sort itself out. See, and I'm trying to explain like, no, no, this is like one of yeah. the most important is, things. This is this is also where where we don't teach uh, some of the things of history. I mean, let's face it. Germany in 1933 became was a was a dictatorship or became a dictatorship, but it was through a constitutional government. It was through a democratically re, uh, elected constitutional government that Hitler was elected. Now, when he was elected, okay, granted, he took all these different powers, but the the point is, why did he why did he do that? It was because the people let him. They didn't. They well, didn't, that the brown shirts uh, came in and, and took all the opposition well, and killed them. Well, that was <laughs> that, that was that kind of helps. But it was a three-party system. But I think that, your that, point that. is accurate because they were silenced. Absolutely. Exactly. Now our young children are being silenced because of apathy. And right. what? How different is what's going on now than what happened then? 
Not that's, very much. I know, and that's uh, what frightens me. Huge differences. Well, well, I don't know about I that. I don't know yeah, about that. Huge but it's pretty but, scary. That, but that being said, I don't think that the, the 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 thing that should concern young people or any any citizen isn't the matter of well things aren't getting done. That isn't the that isn't the problem. I don't want government to do a darn thing. I, you know, the country functions much better when Congress is actually home. And, you know, the feds would be very well served to uh, follow the Texan um, model with regards to how many days you go and are actually in legislative session as opposed to being home among your constituents and the people you allegedly represent. And I think they're only allowed to be in session for like 90 days a year or whatever it is. It's really a very small number. But the point being this. It's not the matter that we want government to do anything. Stay out of the way. Exercise your constitutional duties. It's the corruption of, this, of the system. It's the corruption of the Constitution. It's the fact that we have senators up there that take an oath to uphold, defend the Constitution of the United States, and then they turn around and they violate it for their own political expediency. It's the corruption and the devaluation of the republic not the fact that government does or doesn't get anything done, makes things happen, doesn't make things happen, appropriates money, doesn't appropriate money. That is not the concern that I'm speaking to. I'm concerned about the degradation of the republic as opposed to, well, they're just not getting anything done. That's not the issue. It's no, the I agree. It's, it's the, the illusion. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I'm not clear on how that's a lot different than what happened in Germany. Well, because in Germany, things got done. Let's face it, he did a lot of things, but the, the things that he did were purport, pur, uh, supposedly to help the people, and many of them did. It gave them more work, it gave them more uh, money, but, it gave them more, more food, but what happened was, in order to do that, they gave up the control of the government. They gave up their, their rights, they gave up their rights to say, hey, wait a minute, we don't want this. This isn't this isn't quite what we wanted. You're not supposed to be doing this. But but the thing is though, and I think though this is where the analogy breaks down, is that right now in, in Germany they gave up their rights to what we would call an executive branch. Yes. Right now and the and the violence was being perpetrated by, as Dan highlighted, the brown shirts, which were an extension of the executive branch at that time. No, no, no. What happened was the brown shirts. The brown shirts got him elected. They were the political end of right. prior to the prior. Right, to but I'm saying though that when he was in power, then they were the effective. Well, and the, they were still in existence well, and still they changed their shirts to black and became the SS. Well, so, but but the other. But thing, they were part of the executive branch. Right. The, the, right. The, right. And that's my point. That's yes. where I'm trying to land. That when he assumed power, they were still in play. Mm -hmm. Now, so so the but the problem is that what we see in this country is that you have an executive branch that is saying, "I want to follow the Constitution and exercise my constitutional duties," i.e., through Attorney General Barr, who did exactly that yesterday, and he was chastised for it. You see an executive that wants to follow, probably more so than any president since who knows when, that wants to follow the Constitution, more so than Reagan, much more so than Reagan. He's I the most conservative president we've ever had. Yes, there's without no question. Doubt about that. Okay, so right. there's that. But what we see, if you want to draw the analogy between the brown shirts and then the SS eventually, well, that's where you're going to see on the left, you see Antifa in this country, the left in this country, the communists, which the difference between communists and fascism is you know, very minute, right? right? 
that's where you see the violence and they're trying so you see it's not totally analogous because the executive is not acting in a violent way the executive right. in this country in this situation is acting in a constitutional way it's the legislative and their uh, puppets if you will are paid for by the billions of dollars by George Soros so on and so forth they're the ones that are actually taken to the streets in violence and the police in many situations are actually standing down and turning the streets over to Antifa uh, what was it? Chris Cuomo this past week got called out because he said Antifa really isn't really a bad organization. <laughs> oh he, he did he did come out with that. He said it really it's and he started to defend and he was on CNN and they the people at CNN were actually oh my gosh you can't believe just actually they actually what Chris Cuomo said was so bad that the pundits on CNN actually attacked him. <laughs> I mean can you imagine that? Can you imagine such a thing? That is, that is stick pretty high for them to be able to. I mean, smoke. I mean, to, to give you to give you an idea how how radical an event that is. That presidential candidate Joe Biden said something so incredibly ignorant and uninformed with regards to China and their intentions that it necessitated and brought about a conservative statement from Utah Senator Mitt Romney. Can you believe that happening? But that's how, that's how bad and how far left these people have gone. So the analogy to Germany, back to that, is not totally analogous because the branches of government are not doing the same thing. Correct. They're not the And thank you very much for bringing that back because of other conversations I had. I, not, I went from this very specific example of what I was trying to start with to somewhere off the planet and out in you know <laughs> space well, around. Well, you're the crown prince and, of the universe. That's well, what it was. yeah, and uh, so I was managing big, managing largely, and uh, with, well, with that's what you want too to many it. generalities. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to call okay. it <laughs> because it makes me that makes me feel better. Yeah. So <laughs> you need a hug? Nah, I'm uh, good. Okay, because no, no I hugs. didn't want to have to carry. No. <laughs> no, I tried. You it. know the it the, the the crown prince does not do hugs. He does. So. He doesn't like to be hugged. And, and it, so, but you're you're dead on. You're dead on right. And what needs to happen is what is actually happening, as you just pointed out, by Mitt Romney and by this, the pundits on CNN. They are seeing things that are so specifically evil and against the construct of our constitutional republic that they're saying, wait a minute, guys, no, no, that's, you know, a step too far. You just, you you totally landed in the center of the cow pie there, bub. Um, that's what I'm talking about, saying put a finger on point it out lose the fear of pointing it out and the fear is the retribution the the lashback and i think just as you talk with these kids they're going eh, it's politics as usual well, no it's not and you need to not be afraid to point out that this is indeed not politics as usual this is really pretty significantly bad stuff that if we don't curb and don't back our executive be. branch. It can be yeah. really yeah, bad stuff. Trust that. Because you know, without flying off the handle and saying the country's going to fall, but what we can say is that when when the system starts breaking down, it, it's, it becomes catastrophic because all these other things we plot rely on. Yeah. You know what I mean by that is I mean the the our, you know our not only just our branches of government, but also the interaction of the press, bringing itself down to the opinion of the voters, and we can make an argument about how. You have a lot of uninformed voters, but the other argument is you have a lot of informed voters. Right. And one informed voter can bring many other voters with them, and that's just the way the system's been set up. And it's a good system. 
And it's still, so I want to emphasize that last point because it still becomes representative. And so when we have an authority, a pundit, someone that people trust saying things, they say, this man or this woman or this person is representing what my views are. And if that person says that this president's a good president or this congressperson is a good congressperson, then I'm going to vote for that person. Because I'm running my job, taking care of my house, my kids, all the important things that I need to do to keep alive. But yeah, I want to make sure that I'm a part of the country, the stability of it, because it's such a great thing. And that's the issue. And what would happen, and I think to build on Dan's point, what would happen if the person who lives in, say, the PNW, says, hey, this is, this is how we like it, this is the way it is. Um, in San Francisco, for example, the greatest wave of, of office space, parking spaces. People are actually setting up card tables because office space is so expensive to rent. They're actually renting it to 25 an hour. They're renting parking spaces and they're setting up card tables and chairs and doing their business in the parking spaces. I mean, that's how, if that's how you guys want to live, then that's your business. Again, I go back to the 10th. Mm -hmm. And that there is this separation of not only states and powers at the federal level, but also states. Like, yeah, that's what you want to do. That's, I mean, I don't think it's sustainable, but that's your problem, not mine. Same thing with the state of Illinois. Uh, you know, you guys want to go ahead and do what it is you're doing? Well, I mean, that's okay, but it's going to be a train wreck. And But the problem is, is that, that right now it's a, it's a one-size-fits-all. Everything is in the balance. If we don't win, we, whoever we is, if we don't win, everything goes out the window because what we do here in New York, California, the PNW, uh, Washington, we must categorically uniformly apply that to every place in the United States. It's like, and so everything is in the balance. And if people just would go back to the 10th, all the tension that would be relieved, but we have to remember that isn't the objective on the part of the left. They don't want the relief of no. tension, of liberty. It's about control and conquest right. and tyranny. So, so that's the you know but that's, they that's the rub. They, but they believe they're in the right, and so the idea of tyranny for them is that we are actually stopping tyranny. This conservative thing wants to hold on to itself to serve itself. The conservatives have changed the game so that their group of people and their idealisms are the ones that always succeed, succeed and exist. You know something? They're damn right. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why that's that, that's the fact, because it freaking works. Sure. They want to argue that, it, that it, but it, it's slanted. Indeed it is. Sure. We actually use, we educate people in colleges in order for them to come in and have a full understanding so they may be able to what? Administer properly. Sure. And, and so a kid that's in uh, Dixon, Illinois, and he's a farmer's kid and whatever, sure. and, and doesn't and expose to these things, mm -hmm. well, am I going to send him to the same school? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely not. Would I send him to school? No, not really. Yeah, it depends. It depends on if his aptitude, his inclination, his aptitude warranted. Right. These are basic facts of life. And they left once to say, okay, going back to your one-size-fit-all aspect. This is a less argument is, is that we should all have equal opportunity. And the problem is that opportunity should not be regulated or, or legislated. Opportunities are things that appear and you take advantage of if you have the ability, the resources, and the time to do so. Sure. And it's I, not fair. It's not intended to be fair. It's, not, no. it's, it's never the intent. And the, and no. the issue still is, is that what they want, what, what the framers, 
conceived of was this idea that the states would at some level be in civil uh, competition with each other, if you will. And I think that's the problem is that what we have is this monopoly of government, monopoly of thinking. And that if, for example, if Illinois passes legislation that isn't sustainable and the people really by and large don't agree with, aside from what Springfield and Chicago think, but what's going to happen? Capital is going to leave. People are going to leave the state, right. and, and they are, and they are about what's to the tune of about thirty thousand people a year. They're leaving the state of Illinois. Well, it's not just people; it's businesses. Businesses, That's right, right, right. right, right. Yeah. And so it's not just people; but it's the kind of people. And more that people are coming in to take advantage of the social situation and don't contribute. Right, and so mm-hmm. what winds up happening is you have a situation with the Edmund Fitzgerald; those Taconite pellets start to slide, and pretty soon <laughs> the bow goes under, and it's it never comes out. right back up. Yeah. It just, it just. I mean, you. I mean, just you a quick aside. <laughs> that that ship traveled over a million nautical miles between uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin and Toledo, and it went down in less than three minutes. So we want to think to ourselves that things that are big and buoyant that have been around for a long time will always be big and buoyant around for a long time. It ain't true. History shows us that's not the case. But the point being is that is that there should be an effective difference between Illinois and Wisconsin, Illinois and Iowa, Illinois and Texas, Illinois and Colorado. And that people, as they say, well, I don't like living in the state of Illinois because I can't retire here, I can't run a business here, it's too difficult. They go to where it is the pastures they think by their own free will the opportunities, opportunities available. available. They boom. Right. They migrate to where it is those opportunities are, and then the state of Illinois says, "Wow, we're losing capital. We're losing people. This and that. The bow's about to go under. We need to what? Right the ship, and they need to change policies to be what? More attractive to what? Investment of capital, people. Blah 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 blah. All the aforementioned. Then people will migrate back, and so this is the ebb and flow and the pendulum swing between the fifty states, if you will, that are that the competition between the states should allow for." But the, the leftists are saying, no, no, it has to be the same everywhere, and that is you can't get away. It doesn't matter whether you live in Illinois or New York or Colorado or Texas or Florida. You can't get away from the policies. You can't get away. Have you ever fallen or hurt yourself in such a way that you were writhing in pain and you couldn't get away from it? Like, like if you got a hip pointer or something like that, and you're just laying on the ground, and you ride. I, I, this happened to me a couple of times. In my life. I, I mean, I, I crashed my bike so hard a few times as a kid. I was laying on the ground, just writhing in pain, and all I wanted to do was get away from it, but I couldn't. It wasn't going to go away. Can you imagine a system where it is? It doesn't matter whether it is you're in the PNW or Illinois or Texas or Florida, and you can't get away, and all you're doing is just a slave to the, to the machine because someone said you have to be. What is the PNW? Pacific Northwest. Thank you. I'm sorry. Sorry. What was that other word you used earlier? Started with an H. Heuristic. Yeah. Uh, heuristic is also known as a rule of thumb, but it is a system of thought applied to a specific aspect. Got it. <laughs> Enabling. PNW. It's an acronym. Mine was actually a word. I know. I, I get it. I know. I'm still. <laughs> I'm still well, a court. I was a court down when I came in. I'm a court down now. Okay. Well, nothing's changed. <laughs> Even though yours is a word and his, an ac- his is an acronym, his the PNW applies to a general entry. Yeah. So does heuristics applies to the generalities, which is where I was. It's a stretch. It's a stretch that I can make, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, For those of you on radio, uh, Pete's face is turning ginger. Yeah. <laughs> Even more so. I'm, I'm, I'm having Even fun. More so than usual. So, so what's the conclusion, Pete? Because we... 
What's the conclusion? Oh, in conclusion, we've only been talking for 34 minutes, but the conclusion is... Um, <laughs> well, it'll take, us, it'll take us at least 25 to wrap right. up the conclusion. The important, thing, the important thing is for us to get the message to the children that are coming up, not only inform them of, of our system, because not everybody's interested in getting into politics, but there are many that are. Yeah. And they always come in with these ideals and the fact that they're going to change things and they're going to, and they're going to make it better for other individuals. And we see this with, these, with this new class of, this freshman class of uh, legislators. The unfortunate problem is that this freshman class coming in is endemic to the fact that they were not properly educated. And the ideas that they're putting forward are ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the issue that's and, going on. And, the, con and I, the reason why I was so mad at this bar thing was not about what was being, you know, not the whole situation itself, was the logic coming from these representatives of our country. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, when did we suddenly go into Britain? I mean, it, well, just, it, was, it was insane yeah, what they were saying. It, there, well, there was no logic. I mean, that, not to me. It was insane. It was just <laughs> absolute insanity. And and even the looks on some of their faces, um, I tuned in and out to some of the videos. And when I was, I was actually out and about driving around, so I was listening on the Patriot Channel here and there to bits and pieces of it. And I and I'm actually driving along, and my eyes would go big. And I'm like, Are you? Did that just come out of my car? Are you? In, what the? But you know, well, that's that's not illegal. And then there's dead silence. And then when you see um, Feinstein's face, she's just like, oh. But you know, just this, this is sheer lunacy of some of the things that were said, just driving me nuts. And that, again, you know, I, I put big words on this at the beginning because I went so far outside. You can, you can edit those out. Yeah, well, <laughs> I can edit those out. But to me, exactly that. These things are evil, and we need to be brave enough, and 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 perhaps not fearful of helping the people coming in and coming up, and the people who are going to be going into politics. Why do you keep going back to this brave and fearful thing? You think that they're because I think, think so many people, people are, are, are fearful of bringing this up. Yes, yes. I do. Uh, I've I, I talked I to so agree. many people who are terrified to say and speak out against what the left is saying because they fear retribution and not just verbal retribution. They are in fear of physical retribution and they are fearing that. Yeah, the, because the recent, syndrome. Yeah, I, I did not realize how close we were to socialist Germany when I saw the kids wearing MAGA hats that were being shouted down and beaten. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I, I think I remember a time in history when this is going on. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, yesterday, I saw this pick em up truck uh, driving through uh, McHenry with a Trump 2020 banner, big flag flying from the back of the pickup. And I thought to myself, I'll tell you, that dude's got stones. Yeah. Because this is. He's he, he, Absolutely. <laughs> but the, the thing of it is, is that I would, I would as a, a social experiment, take two cars that you really don't care much about. And put and do like a vehicle wrap on one Trump 2020 whatever whatever and then on the other one say you know socialism power to the people red fists in the air whatever you want to do and see which one after a month has more sustained more physical damage. Where are you gonna yeah. place it? Well, I mean, right. I mean, just no. I mean, but side by side. <laughs> so no, I mean, where? 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 Oh, I, mean, oh, I mean, you could put it anywhere. No, 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 no. No, no. There would be there yeah. would be some places Chicago, that it would. Chicago I mean, much different. Chicago much different than well. Socialist car will have holes in it from shotguns. Absolutely. Well, depending on where you put it, McHenry, it would have different impact. 
But as people, well. but sh- people should not be afraid physically for the things that they sh- that they want to say, whether you agree with them or not, whether they're right or not, whether it's constitutional or not. Coercion. People should not be in fear of coercion. And once a person begins to slip down that, that boom, it's it's over. Well, and it's a, it's as simple as I actually have a red ball cap. It's just a red ball cap. There's nothing on it other than the color red. I won't wear it because I don't really want to poke that bear. What? You know, it's So you have fear of, of being of receiving uh, uh, retribution for stating your opinion and wearing a red hat? Is that the case? Are you in an HR too long, dude? Yeah, well, that's very true. Yeah. But you I mean, know, I, I look at it and I go, you know, it's just not worth <laughs> It's done. It's you just. You want to go to a Starbucks with it on, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And I look at it and I. I have to have a big badge with it. It's not worth. It's just not worth the potential trouble, and and I don't look at it with fear, but I look at it as kind of a. Eh, it's going to be what the what if is what's, enough of a pain in the ass. What's your upside? That the. Uh, Exercise your constitutional Exercise right. Exercise your constitutional for your right. You know, and that's even well. You know, I've got. Um, uh, Relatives over in England, who some of them won't even put on a yellow raincoat. So the bullying because of the are working. Be, yeah, the bullying tactics. They won't go because of the yellow vests in France and yeah. The bullying, so the bullying tactics are working. That's the idea. They're working. Yeah. The bullying tactics are working. So the brown shirts are here. You know, they I have. They I have a, they, they don't work. When, I have a brown hat. Like that, they get they get stomped down pretty damn but, good. Uh, you know, it's and and sometimes I look at it and and I think maybe I will just wear it just cause cause, and then I forget about it and go yeah, about I think it was day. interesting. They, they but, did a they did a uh, an experiment somewhat akin to what John was just saying. Where they uh, were they, in a college town, they had put an American flag with a booth, and they didn't put any placards up or anything. They just had the flag, and guys sitting in the chair, and he was just writing down what everybody said when they went by, and wow. how negative and how positive it was. And in that particular, I'm not going to name the place, but in that particular area where it was at, there was a lot of negative comments shouted out from the cars, even to the fact that they were calling them Jew lovers. This is a U.S. Just flag. Just for sitting in the U.S. He flag. Say anything. He's just got a flag out there, but it looks like he's. You know, making a political statement, and so that was what that was what the uh, what the experiment was for. And then they moved around to different colleges, and then they they saw that reversal. They sure. saw that other people were going like America rocks, you know, and yeah. USA and stuff like that. You know, so it just depends yeah. where you're at. But I find it interesting. You know, uh, these 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 people have the right to say what they want to say. You have the right to say what you want to say. If they shout you down, what do you do? You have one of two choices. As John said, you can stand up for it. Or you can meekly back away and say, I will not yeah. cause an incident now because I don't have to. Yeah. And that's, when I look at that hat, that's just what goes through my head. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, might I get, you know, might I put myself in a situation that I just don't feel like dealing with? And, and I don't, again, I don't know that it's so much fear because when I'm confronted, my fight response is way stronger than my flight response, and that's caused problems for me over the years. You want to be comfortable. And yeah. <laughs> that's what I, you're saying. Yeah, I want to it's be... going back to your serenity thing. You yeah. Be. Okay, now yeah. I understand where that comes from. I, I, I want to be comfortable. <laughs> Got it. And How did you do that? Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing like serenity. I don't know. <laughs> you know so, serenity now! Serenity now! Serenity now! 
the, uh, but but think of it this way: that in tying, look, tying tying that back into you know, this idea of the electoral college and why it is the left wants to get rid of the electoral college, because you won't have to go to Wisconsin, you won't have to go to Iowa, you won't have to go to New Hampshire. You'll carry the major populations and the major population centers: L.A., New York, Chicago, blah blah blah. They believe that they have the right and the intellectual capacity being ordained to govern that's the, the rest that's the problem that's the problem okay it's your it's your two it's your left and right coast they believe you don't have the right to govern yourself because you don't know and if the left is successful in somehow eliminating the electoral college more than likely the people within the sound of my voice you won't have to worry about ever being represented in your government again because it'll be really just a few population centers and everything else will be flyover land. That'll yeah. be it. Right. Yeah. Well, not only that, but then you're, you're, then you're uh, jeopardizing the other branches of government because the next one to go is going to be the judiciary right after the executive. Well, the, once, the, once the legislative branch uh, gets, into that, gets into that mode, let's, let's say they get rid of the electoral college, if they get into that, the next thing that's going to go is going to be the judiciary. And the judiciary, to this point, has been, uh, as, as a constitutional uh, uh, government, the judiciary has been, has been fairly, uh, uh, fairly open. I mean, we're, we're not, uh, and fairly, uh, pretty fair in, in many things. I mean, there, there are some things that we don't, we don't necessarily agree with them, but... They've got nine guys up there that the say, process okay, is the Supreme Court. The, the process works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the process works. So I mean, it's uh, uh, I, I would challenge anybody to. That's why they're legislating from the bench. Is that what you're saying? That that's well, a constitution. No, 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 no. We're saying that because that's what they're what, doing. What the executive branch appoints. Mm-hmm. Congress confirms. We're saying is if you take away this this electoral college, not only we have a biased mm-hmm. legislature, eventually it's going to bleed into those systems that we have yep. that require the legislation right. executive. It'll be even that's worse. What, that's what this point It'll is. It'll be even Absolutely. worse. Yeah, and right. it's the structure I was talking about earlier, how it's just going to start crumbling away. And, and you were saying, uh, uh, John was pointing out the fact that, yeah, this can go very quickly. And then and history has shown us this, that, that within a, a well, very short period the, the, of time. I, I mean, the whole idea that the 17th Amendment even happened and that senators were elected and not appointed is just absolutely criminal. And that's the first wheel of the, of the, of the Timex or the, of the clock, if you will, that's been removed. As you start to remove the gears, you start to file off the teeth and all this, and then you wonder why it doesn't work. Well, maybe if you actually reinstated the mechanisms, allowed these things to work in balance and in harmony, just because you don't get the thing you want right now, right here, doesn't mean that it isn't working. But the problem is that we start knocking off the teeth and pulling out the gears. Do you and think that's the case, though? Because from the way I see... I think it's a lack of knowledge. It was why the people want to tinker with it because they don't think they really understand it. And I think that's really what's going on. And then there's there's a select nefarious group of nefarious so, people out so, there. But I don't think there's a there's a plan by the left to take the country over. I don't think there's some uh, that's group what, of masons sitting in the corner plotting the, the, the demise of us. I don't think that, I don't I think that there may very well be at some level people that are coordinated, and then you have many people that are involved that are not a part of that coordination. They're pushing an ideology, right? And so, but then, but there's a, but there's a, 
there's a tension, and I was thinking about um, centrifugal and centrifugal force, right? Okay. I didn't get the emphasis on the consonants quite right, but that, of course, the one pushes out and the other pushes in, and that is what allows us to have equilibrium. And I know I'm pretty safe in this because Dan hasn't stopped me yet. It's even <laughs> Jaeger talking about anyway. Right, okay. So, so, we have the, so we have this push, they have this push and this pull, and everything is kind of in, in balance. And there's a, there's a natural desire on the part of democracy of mob rule, which is what democracy is, to do the thing where I want what I want, I want it now, I don't care who gets hurt, I don't care this, I don't care about minority rights, I don't care about any of that. I want what I want right now. End of the story. Give it to me. And then you have the constitutional, uh, democratically constitutional elected republic that is the other force that is hemming in that natural self-destructive tendency of democracy and trying to keep that tension. The problem is, is that the tension of that constitutional republic to keep democracy from destroying itself is beginning to weaken through the demise of the mechanisms i.e. centers being elected, not appointed by the states, um, i.e. eliminating the electoral college. And there are other things that we could point to and talk about, but you get the idea that there's this tension, and that tension, what happens is that once that, once that tension that is the object is that's pushing in, keeping democracy from blowing apart. Once it's gone, democracy is just going to, it's going to explode and it, it won't be sustainable and it'll happen very quickly. The other side's argument is that the Constitution, as it was established, did not foresee the strength of the country as far as population. And the Constitution is designed in such a manner that as the population grows, government grows with it. When the argument was that at some point in our history, and this is Back in the 19th century, is this argument's being made mm -hmm. that as government, as the population grows, government goes with it by grows with it by design. But at some point, government's going to get so big that you you have this cascading loss of rights, which you're describing right now. Right. People today are arguing that we need to change the constitution because it does not fit. The framers could not foresee the massive. But the power but the, of the country. Right. That would, this is the argument that's going on today. Right. And that's the argument that they would make, in which case I would simply respond well, the Constitution is actually quite scalable. We haven't tried it recently. And that if you find yourself with states that are not viable, i.e., Illinois, well, what that tells me is that there's a, a process by which Illinois should be subdivided. So, again, people in their liberty can seek liberty. Uh, that is that you have Forgottonia, you have uh, Northern Illinois, you have Cook County, you have Little Egypt. I mean, those are just the major portions of, of Illinois. Subdivide the state so people can seek out their liberty. And guess what? If the, that part of the, the, the state, Forgottonia, Henderson County, Warren County, Knox mm -hmm. County, so on and so forth, Monmouth, Galesburg, Biggsville, uh, all those places, if, if that's not sustainable, then guess what? People will leave. Right. And then people will migrate someplace else where there's what? Opportunity, and that's okay. That's the that's the balance that should always be sought. Yeah, and then that, and that's why the that's that, why the yeah. Constitution is scalable. If we allow it to work, if we allow for the Constitution to serve the objective of liberty and not the other way around, and people are hiding what the Constitution is supposed to do. They don't. And then by by hiding, I mean they're not teaching it. People no, don't no. even people look at it and they don't even understand it. They, they, oh well, I've got and, and a great example of that is what's her face, the actress who what's used her? to be used to be she was a child actress in that show with Tony Danza. Good lord, that's um, not her name. I know that's not her name. Uh, I can't remember. Alyssa, Alyssa. Oh, oh wow, that's with an M. 
Uh, and I'll, I don't do I don't do media. Uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm so stuck. I am Jeopardy. I am so stuck on trying to say her name. That and that's not even important. What's in, what, what my point is is she said, and she was quoted as saying, "I am not. I do not have equal rights under the Constitution." What? And I and yeah, and I looked at that and I read it a few times. I'm like. Did did she did, did, you know did she read the Constitution? <laughs> because yeah. it does apply to every single U.S. citizen, and by its own structure, you then have equality under the law without exception to every U.S. citizen. So you do have equal <laughs> rights under the Constitution. Your rights are just as equal as mine. So. But seeing that come from someone who is speaking out to an audience and a relatively large audience, people it, to me it appears that people are hiding what the Constitution actually is and does and how it can be scalable and how can, how it can operate, and they have no idea. And it goes back to your point of education and helping people understand this is we've already got all this in place people are trying to rip it apart and is there some kind of conspiratory thing i think actually on some level yes there is and by some groups yes there is and one of the ways that make that that is making its face very apparent is by the absolutely insane pieces of abortion and abortion legislation being introduced and at its very core that is about population control we're in a world with seven billion almost eight billion people and one of the fundamental things of some of these groups is to to par down population uh, and that goes back to the whole uh, even popular uh, Mythos with Thanos. Thank you. If, 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 right. You know, right. So of course he was. You know, he was such an yeah. idiot that he couldn't double the world's resources. He decided to limit half the population. Yeah. But, <laughs> so I mean that's exactly. But my point. You have right, all the but, power but, right there. Oh well, let's just double the resources. So the, but the point in that is, is that is that there's a um, there's just a lack of creative optimism that I would call that yeah. that mindset that nihilism creative optimism that I think that that has a rightful place in the human psyche and should always be a part of the conversation. Mm. Uh, well, who was the um, the senator, uh, I think, from Alabama, state senator this past week? He's been there for like 42 years, what have you. And he, I, I don't remember his name, uh, he said something to the effect of, you know, you got kids on the topic of abortion. He says, you got kids being born in this world, not loved, not cared for, not wanted, this and that. He says, you know, kill them now or kill them later. It doesn't matter. And based, talking about prison? No, no, well, yeah, I think that's, that's probably what, that's what he's referencing. You know, and it's this whole idea. It's like, so it comes back to, he should get the Margaret Sanger uh, Eugenics Award. Right? <laughs> because, right? And here it is, you have... Hey, uh, amazing to me. The eugenics is back in the game again. It's right? It wasn't freaking and, 50 years ago. Everybody's like, yeah, this is the stupidest you know, thing we've ever heard. And, and now it's back. And, and the thing of it is, but the, and, the, and, the, and the fact of it is, is that the, the, the uh, senator from Alabama who said it is like, um, he was, he's a black man. Yeah. 42, he's been there for 42 years. It's like, dude, don't you understand who what eugenics was originally, what Margaret Sanger, what Planned Parenthood was originally designed for? Yeah. It had a bullseye on your forehead, dude. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's, it's one thing, too, is, is uh, I would just mention this, that I just watched, uh, again, uh, uh, the movie 
Judgment at Nuremberg. And if anybody wants to get an idea of what is going on. Indiana, the state of Indiana's constitution is hilarious at Nuremberg. Just get an idea of what's going on. Watch that movie and watch it intently because it it brings out all these different kind of points of what we're doing, uh, what's going on right now, what's happened, what happened in Germany, what's going on right now. So it's just and so, and so, and so, and so what we see is that you know to kind of try to get this plane on the ground a little bit is that we see the devaluation of the Constitution, we see the devaluation of individual liberty, we see the devaluation of human life, we see the devaluation of the individual to live their life before who it is they call God, if anything or anyone, and we see this thing beginning to slide away, and it, it just it just and history never shows a place or a time when this ends well. Never. That's a fact. It no. just never does. No, it never ends. And why is we there's think never that, a, they live heavily after ever after? Right. No. And for some reason, we think that we're going to be different. Yeah. No. Okay. Not at all. Okay. How sure. arrogant can you be? Yeah. Devaluation never works. No. It just simply does because it, it, at its core, it is to throw away. Constitution. Devaluation is to throw away. Our constitution is built by amendments. Amendments uh, have to come in by a supermajority, meaning they can't just be a 50-50 thing. So literally, the writers are saying, if you want to change this thing, you've got to ask the question, do you really want to change it? And when people say yes, it's like, no, you really, really want to change it. And you really got to argue about it. And you really have to make a strong point as to why it should be changed to influence the voters into this idea of it. Yeah. And it's an important mechanism. And when we see voters acting in California, and then the government steps in and says, well, they're too stupid to make this decision, so we're going to go against this voter's idea. I mean, this is what you're talking about that John, I'm pointing at, about the breakdown and how this could be such a cascading failure. And we're, and we're right, we're seeing it, but I don't think we're at a point where, it's, where, where we're past critical. I think we could still push back, and the way to push back is how? Get people informed. What's Get them going informed. on? But it's, it's a crucial informative point. I, I, I agree with you to the point that it has to be done, it has to be done now. It's being done. Get it done. Don't be afraid to point it out and share it and communicate. That's what I really wanted to share too. And at that point, guys, I do want to land this plane. We got to go. We got to clear out of here so that they can uh, clean up after oh, us. You want to put that plane in the hangar? It's got to be going So, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get off. We're, we're going to put it in the hangar. We're going to do an overhaul okay, on the engine. <laughs> And next week on you Civil Tension stop. episode 70, we can talk about planes, trains, and automobiles. And the car washes that support them. Yeah. All right. Golf clap it out, guys. Thank you very much. And have a wonderful, wonderful weekend.